Hey, Impactors. My name is Leonard Blair Jr., and I'm the host of the Impact Podcast. Here, we center the stories of the entrepreneurs, influencers, and leaders that are impacting communities of color, not just in the U.S., but around the globe. Subscribe now and share the show with a friend so that we can continue sharing the stories of the impactors that are making the world a better place and inspiring the next generation. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Impact Podcast. I am your host, LBJ, and today I am super excited to reintroduce you to my friend, uh, my brother, uh, you know, maybe for colleague at some point, uh, Yves Perez. Yves, as you know, is the founder and CEO of WorkBnB. Um, I believe y'all were our second episode of the podcast. Yes. We already got you back, um, and you know, things have been drastic and crazy since, uh, since we last talked, but... Um, First off, thank you as always for for taking the time. Love chatting with you. Love hearing about your company. Love hearing about the incredible things that you're doing. Um, you know, one of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to the world of business, startups, uh, you know, DEI, venture cap, all of it. I, I love our, our conversations. Yes. So I, it's a pleasure to be back. I mean, seriously, like I love the pod. I love where the pod is going. What you what you what you really did something special with the pod. So uh, right now you are at the top of the list to always want to bring news back to. So <laughs> hey, I I appreciate that. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I'll link it in the show notes below. Um, but first off, events for those people who haven't listened to episode one, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a bit about work BNB. Yeah. So. Uh, Again, my name is Yves Perez. I'm the co-founder and CEO of WorkBnB, and I believe traveling workers matter. You know, uh, my quick little pitch is that in 2019, my mom asked me to move to Reno to help grow her vacation rental business, and I quickly discovered that the majority of her bookings were workforce related. And then I changed the vernacular that she used from vacation rentals to workforce rentals, and within a year, her venture became the largest rental operation in Reno with over 45 rentals who grew her revenue 300%. But in that process, what we had learned was that these workers are traveling all over the country in these patterns, in these trip lengths, and they didn't have a reliable, accessible housing solution in every market that they could just jump on one app or, or one solution and book these properties quickly. So, you know, I got the crazy idea to start an app, even though I knew nothing about app. <laughs> and uh, being a first-time tech founder has been wild. So, you know, you'll, you'll hear more about that in the first episode. But I'm excited to bring, you know, everybody, you know, new updates related to what's going on in DEI today. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know you have uh, a major announcement. Um, I was like ecstatic when you first told me, uh, but I, I'd love for you to, to, to share with our listeners, uh, you know, some of the incredible news that, that's happening over there for WorkBnB. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So uh, this has been a goal of ours for a very long time. Uh, and that's one thing about being a startup is that if you don't have milestones, then you're going to be chasing shiny objects. Every time something looks great, uh, you're going to want to go chase that because you think that it's going to move the needle when really, you know, it's kind of like you should 
think of this as almost like, you know, you're a pirate out at sea. And it's like, before you take off, chart where you're going, right? And really where you want to go and what you want to accomplish. And one of the things that I wanted to accomplish was um, getting a, a, a notable client that everybody knew. Like when you drop the name, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's not easy to get. Yeah. And as a marketing guy, getting into this first-time founder business, I have worked with Chevrolet. I have worked with Solar City, um, and this was way before I got into, you know, starting up a, a startup. But the NFL was like always this thing where it's like every year, you know, my uncles, my aunts—it didn't matter, my neighbor, my my friends—you, we could always have a discussion about the National Football League and our favorite yeah. players and our favorite things, but as a tech stars company, you know, yeah, they don't just work with anybody. They don't just accept yeah. any tech pitch. You know, I mean, imagine, you know, trying to do that, trying to call up the NFL and say, Hey, I have this tech startup, you know? So, so, um, we're, we're based here in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where I'm, I'm actually calling from, from the Starbucks right now. Yeah. And um, we put it on the map. We said, as we're building this product, we know that the Super Bowl is coming to Las Vegas. Uh, they announced it back in December 2021. Yep. And we put it on our milestone list. We know that workers from all over the country come to these big events and uh, they have lots of work to do. They have construction work to do, event production work to do, stages to build, uh, big sponsors to take care of, uh, and film production crews as well. And we knew that as far as like revenue mapping was going to go, if we could get like little bookings and then work our way up to that, that would appeal to not only a wide audience, but it would create a lot of word of mouth that, yo, this startup landed the NFL. So, yeah. so, so again, here's how, here's how it went. Uh, uh, so, so let me, let me just say what the announcement is. We are the first, Techstars bat company to be accepted into the NFL's DEI program. Their That's DEI incredible. program is um, uh, a way to get companies um, contracts whenever the NFL comes to a town, to a city, and they've never worked with a tech company before. They've only wow. reached out to small or medium-sized businesses that, you know, are minority-owned, yeah. woman-owned, veteran-owned. But the majority of the categories that they, they get help with is like staffing, uh, cleanup, janitorial, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, catering companies. Those are the typical yeah. companies that they work with. But they always had this problem with temporary housing. 
And yeah. they and they told us, they said, every year that we've run the program for six years now, whenever we put out the need for temporary housing, we would always get somebody from who's an Airbnb host to show up and they have one rental. And we turn them down because we need 50 to 100 rentals. We need a lot of rentals. And they said, yeah. we've never been able to figure this out. And every year, it's the number one requested service from wow. all of the event sponsors. So think of like Nike, Google, oh. Apple, Remy Martin, all of yeah. them going to the NFL and saying, hey, do you have a vendor or a supplier for temporary housing? And they're yeah. like, no. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we have to put our workers in hotels and motels. And that's what's been happening for six years of the program. And wow. the program director called us up and said, hey, we know you're a tech company, but we need more of a white glove service. We need more uh, this, this, and this from you, uh, more VIP treatment, which for me, that's not a big deal. I'm like, hey, if I'm going to be housing Nike, no problem. Yeah, you know, I'm going to try to earn a free track suit or some, <laughs> some Jordans. You know, said, I some, need a couple of Nike techs. Right, right. Hook me up. But uh, uh, it's... It's just huge for us. And what I yeah. what I also love was that Techstars, this global pre-seed uh, investor accelerator program uh, that's up to par with like Y Combinator. You know, yeah. I look at them as like Harvard and Yale. It just depends on which one you want to go to. But yep. uh, for us, we, we chose Techstars. But uh, they loved this update. And again, it's just this relationship <laughs> thing where it's like, wait a yeah. minute, you shot for the stars and you got it? And we <laughs> said yes. And uh, it was it was incredible. And uh, again, the, the press release uh, is just going out. Uh, we have a few interviews uh, being lined up all over Nevada, but I, I couldn't help it. I said, I need to bring it to the Impact Podcast. Yes, sir. One of the highest and greatest things that I think founders can do is share news that inspires other founders to say, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I thought about trying to get the NBA for my business, or I thought about trying to get, you know, FIFA or whatever, but it just seems impossible. Yeah. No, nothing is impossible. Only it's in your mind, yep. you know? And uh, one other thing that I wanted to just add to this little story <laughs> is that, not everything's a straight line. Yeah. You know, we didn't think we were going to qualify for the program because one of the stipulations was that we had to be founded in Las Vegas to qualify. Wow. And yeah. it's all over the internet that our company is founded in Reno. So I wasn't going to lie. Yeah. But what I did was I sent in the application, but I didn't wait for a denial. What I did was I asked, uh, people yeah. at the city of Las Vegas. I asked for people at, uh, uh, at, at, at the local college UNLV, hey, can you put me in touch with the program director of the Las Vegas Super Bowl committee Yeah. to see if I could plead my case? That is the power of networking. And that's it. You know, use the network. Yeah. And I can't emphasize that more. It's like, don't wait for a denial. 
Go yeah. chase your yes. And uh, that's exactly what we did. We got the we got the meeting. And what's so funny was, uh, and my wife is going to laugh every time she hears the story over and over again, because I'll probably tell it at cocktail parties when I'm drunk. But <laughs> the, the call from the program director came on the day that our board, our son was born. Um, That's incredible. Uh, Comet was born <laughs> on a Tuesday morning and uh, uh, Dodge was, uh, had just delivered him and we, we were like kind of like waiting for her to kind of get over like a, a little bit of sickness to where she could drive home because she kept like throwing up a little bit. Yeah. And they were just like, okay, just rest. So I'm chilling in the waiting room, comments like with her sister. And all of a sudden I get this call and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the NFL Super Bowl committee, babe. Can I run outside and take this call? So I took it in the car. And and at first, I didn't even think it went that well because, like, she yeah. was just like, oh, I don't think maybe it's a great fit just yet. You know, and I was just like, you know, please give us a chance. We have properties. Yeah. We have, you know, what you guys need. We can do the job. And and that was the thing that, that really edged them to choose us was that, you had to have demonstrated that you can do this. Yeah. And, and we were able to demonstrate that. And they believed in us enough to accept us in the program. So, bam. Incredible. Officially in the NFL, baby. <laughs> <laughs> First off, congratulations. Uh, I mean, that's incredible. What was that, you know, what was that process like? I guess for someone who is new to the NFL DEI program, you know, what, what does it look like for you to get formally, I would say, accepted, applied for those entrepreneurs who want to shoot for the stars as you did? So, so number one is, um, and, and Trey and, and everybody at uh, building tech stars, uh, accelerator, you know, really emphasized is, um, uh, yo, get MBE certified, get minority business certified, you know, NFIs, yeah. uh, get your certification. Now I was yeah. honestly, I was a little slow to it because there's a cost and, um, yeah. and sometimes what that does is that creates like, but there's a cost you're like yeah. trying to weigh out. Is it worth it right now? Do I need it right now? I wish I would have done it earlier. I will say that. Um, okay. because what yeah. it does is it puts you in a directory where, large enterprises are required for certain contracts or certain things to to use you so it's kind of like think of like old school phone book it's like yeah it's like oh i have to do this i have to spend this money um with minority owned businesses veteran owned businesses um yeah uh so, so, so the number one thing is like, go ahead and get that done. Get that out the way because it's going to bring you revenue. Yeah. Uh, but two, uh, whatever your vertical is for your business, um, look into uh, DEI initiatives in that area. So in our case, we knew that the Super Bowl was coming, but the way that we we found out about it was, uh, I don't know if you've ever used Google Alerts before. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like 
put on the alerts for whatever you're trying to go after that goal. And yeah. it will alert you every time there's a news update. And that's what happened. We, we yeah. just got this odd, this normal update about the Super Bowl. And it said DEI program. And I was like, oh, snap. So it's that being alert of like the opportunity. You yeah. have to keep chasing, you know, whatever you're after and then find a door to get in. And DEI was our door. And it was an application. It took 10 minutes to fill out. Yeah. Uh, uh, and here's the way that you get approved is, uh, again, you have to demonstrate that you can do what you say you're going to do. Yep. You have to, you do have to be in a business for uh, a little bit of time. Sometimes it's two years. Sometimes it's a year. Sometimes it's less. Um, yeah. It just depends on what the, what the requirement is for the NFL. They were requiring three years. Airbnb well, is not three years old. Yeah. We are a startup. Well, so again, you know, chase your yes. Yeah. You know, you don't always have to qualify to the letter. It's it's just a way for them to get uh, more mature founders and startups to come to them. But again, if you are you know, a go-getter, you're going to find your way to a yes. Absolutely. I I love what you said around uh, DEI as well. So, I mean, as you know, I've my day job is in technology. Found my way into technology through a DEI program because uh, I was getting the door closed my face every time I right. tried to without right. it. Um, then found my way, um, you know, into the Venture Fellows exploring venture capital through the venture fellows program, also right. a DEI program. Um, I I think it's, you know, as, as I like continue to look at the, let's say the world of startups, technology, uh, even I would say venture capital raising, uh, raising money, it seems like, I don't know if it's always right, but it seems like a lot of founders are having to, you know, go through DEI doors in order to get an opportunity. On the yeah. reverse, I'm glad those doors are there to give us those opportunities. Um, you know, tell me a, a bit about, you know, you and I have had discussions on DI and the importance of it. Um, you know, you know, tell me some some of some of your thoughts um, and, and really kind of how you're feeling about these programs, especially in light of the Supreme Court kind of bringing down the hammer on affirmative action. Yeah. So, I mean, that that is. That's something that, I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. Um, uh, there is a, a battle for the soul of the United States. Uh, 100%. That, that, uh, and 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 if you don't, if you don't really follow this, this is how I see it. Um, people get so caught up in voting for, for. Uh, for just you know like a party or 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 this or that and that's not how the united states works the united states is this constant evolution of experiment after another experiment after another yeah. experiment and 100%. and there are certain people who understand that 
and they make it their sole life's mission to control which experiments we take and what and how we we go about doing things in this country and the, and the yeah. one person that that I want to highlight that that is really like a, a, a net effect to what we saw with the Supreme Court is uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. Uh, he yeah. has made it his life's mission to uh, influence who gets on the Supreme Court. That's all yep. he's ever focused on. And yep. that's why he's so adamant about, you know, who gets in uh, as president and and he pushes that that agenda. So again, yeah. the, the, the Supreme Court picks and the dominance on the Supreme Court, that is not by accident. That is by yep. deliberate action. And then that is a multiple decades long right, right. strategy. We're talking, we're talking since 60s, you know, yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s. Yep. You know, like since he's been in office, he has been that has been his sole purpose yeah and and so 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 again you know and if you if you heard uh the dissent uh on 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 and if you really read it yep. it's basically like them just saying listen you had your you had your your era you know affirmative action folks you, you had your time you have your positions now now we want to go back to the good old days <laughs> where we where we're not Free in civil trouble rights. if we don't follow these you know mm -hmm. and um yeah same thing with like epa well we don't want to get in trouble for polluting the planet so we need these laws laxed now like you know it, it's going to have like these net effects for a very long time but with that yeah. said Uh, we as a younger generation, we have to stand on the ground that, that yes, we can do anything we want to do. Mm -hmm. And, and if we have to build our own tables, then that's what we got to do. I love that. Because, um, nobody is going to think about this and put as much energy into this um, than us. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate to see that that how fast this ruling pretty much gave lots of big businesses the opportunity to say, you know what, cut the DEI program, yep. cut the cut cut the director of DEI. Uh, there were four. Yeah major exits within a week yeah. you know um and that's a that's a very negative signal um now now i will say this i don't know what the future holds but for all of us black tech founders that are doing everything we can yeah. to kick ass and take names and yeah. trust me like 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 we're really doing th special things. I want to I want to give a shout out to like Light Shit Capital with Black Tech Week. Uh, I'm getting ready yeah. to go to that in Cincinnati. Yeah, we're going out there 
And we're not just showcasing what we founded. We're actively building what we're doing every single day to become the next unicorns that will put folks like yourself and, yeah. uh, and, and all the black women that want to, to take charge. We want you on the board. We want you in the, the C-suite. We want you at the top, not, not just at the yeah. mid-level. Yep. The mid level is great to kind of get your feet wet and get some experience, but but yeah. but we need you at the seat at the, at these new tables, and as we create the next generation of tech jobs, um, mm-hmm. which that's a big discussion uh, now that that AI is kind of getting going, um, yeah. we're gonna really see, you know who's next um as far as like the next big leaders uh, in business and and i'm excited to be a part of that and 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 i i want to fight for this every single day uh because my children are depending on me my children's children children's children are depending on me and uh as long as we keep thinking about them these future generations um we're gonna actually potentially take dei to the next level and i think that next level is like dei forever type yeah like yeah it's like foundational like it's forever it's not it's not no longer a department it's it's a it's a uh uh, it's just like Apple. It's like think differently is like their forever thing. You know, DEI forever is going to be our thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting as you say that. Um, so a few weeks ago, uh, there's this organization in Chicago called 1871. It's like a startup hub incubator. Um, so shout out to anyone from 1871 listening to this. Um, but they have a black founders uh let's say kind of development program as well as a pitch competition, right? So um, as a Chicago, as a Chicago venture fellow, I was able to kind of sit in on one of the pitch competitions um, and it was their, it seems their, you know, final five. Uh, so it was all black founders um, in the Chicago area, or I think they weren't all from the Chicago area, but um, one of the things that really stood out to me um, was that as I, as I was listening to these businesses, not only are black founders kind of, I think one at the forefront of innovation and at the forefront of, you know, bringing some incredible companies to market, to market, to put DEI really like into the bloodline of, of who we are. But um, one of the things that stood out to me was that some of the businesses, those like black founders are meeting the needs of the black community. Right. Uh, like some of the companies are literally saying, hey, like this is a need that is like only, <laughs> or not only, but primarily a need for the black community. By filling this need, not only can we meet our community's needs, but then we can branch out and continue to to grow and scale this company to something else. Um, so I, when I, when I think about that, like I, I love to hear, I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of, as you look at, the black tech ecosystem over the next few years 
um, you know, who are even some of those those companies that, that you see, uh, of course, work B&B, but who are some of those those companies that, that, you, that you see that are like, you know, our community needs this or or even under our nation needs this? Because I, I think you're spot on. Yeah, so, man, I got to tell you, um, going through Techstars yeah. really opens up your eyes to how smart we are as black people mm-hmm. like how we see a problem and how we articulate the problem and how we articulate the solution and then and then build it um and then you know the next step is to build a company around it right yeah so uh you know one of the one of my first real experiences of uh, absorbing this this energy was again going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. for TechStars and 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 being in the Tulsa Twelve, where yeah. I got to meet founders that had genius level ideas. I was just yeah. like, holy cow! But I mean, I'm not talking about like like I'm talking like from like ideas that were solving, you know, like like annoyance problems <laughs> like um I'll, t- I'll tell you like a quick problem yeah it's, it's something that we we've all done and we've all complained about it we've all been there where it's like waiting in line is stupid like where's the future <laughs> we have like machines that sweep our floors and we have you know, drive driving cars, but AI why are we to still, write our essays. Right, but why are we waiting in line at a food truck or at a <laughs> festival? You know, and I'm talking like a stupid, yeah. ridiculous line. Yeah. So my guy, uh, Myron Rivers, has this app called Lurch, and it's like no more waiting in line. You know, you, you order your food through the vendor; it already geolocates. It does this. It does Incredible. that. Puts the you, you can add. You can you can you can order something. It's processing. You can say, you know what? I forgot to add a drink. Add a drink, and you know it tells you where the bathrooms are. Yeah. Gives you your order number. Go pick it up. You know all that stuff. You know we're late. Fine. Yeah. Like, you know, small problems like that. Yeah. All the way to other healthcare issues to. Uh, 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 helping kids start businesses, social premier lab. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, 12 companies, yeah, you know, that all had like everything. I was like, yo, this is crazy. So, yeah. uh, that was my first experience meeting and, and hearing these solutions that were like gonna improve the lives of people, right? Yeah. And um, this is why I'm so adamant about, you know, getting the capital dispersed to these people because it's like, yo, like, you know, not to sound like a jerk, but I mean, white founders can literally write an idea on a napkin yeah and just raise whatever they want yeah you know um uh just the other day just the other day 
uh, I, and I think I brought this up in our first call, but this is a totally different yeah. company. So I don't want to be confused from the first call. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first interview, but the other day I'm reading on TechCrunch about some company that raised 6 million bucks without writing a single line of code and not having a single, uh, uh, cent in revenue. So there's no traction. Yeah. I've read articles the other day about another one with, uh, 300 we raised 350 million as well similarly yeah yeah and and i'm reading the article and it's like well you know he he got 60 60 clients to sign up and i'm like did you verify that did you call any of them like you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm not trying to do your job reporter but yeah. if you just believe what he says yeah and said, hey, that's interesting. I'm going to write an article. Then you're kind of perpetuating the lie in a way. 100%. You know, and and we've yeah. seen it in a lot of these things where yep. some of these founders are lying about their, uh, what was it, IRL? Lied yep. about, and, and, the, and the lady in, in Florida. That and got, the Theranos lady yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Claimed yeah. we got all these side ups and didn't and they didn't exist. Yep. Who's doing due diligence, right? So so yeah. again, now now us as black founders, we have to go through real due diligence. Yeah. We have investors saying, "Oh, this is cool, but can I talk to your clients?" Okay, bet. Talk to my client. Talk to the client. Yep. Oh wow, this is legit. But I need more traction. I just proved to you everything you need, yeah. you know? So, so, um, you know, not to go too far off on a tangent, cause I've been doing that sometimes, but, uh, I really <laughs> do believe that, um, uh, there are lots of really great founders that are doing really great things, Yeah. but they need podcasts like yours to help get the word out. Uh, we need more capital to yeah. get them to the next level. We need more DEI initiatives to stick around. Yeah. And I really hope that DEI people listen to this and say, you know what? They're right. We do need to keep this program. It's yeah. really is impacting the lives of millions of people. Uh, and not to, not only that, but we also need, uh, uh, black consumers to give us a chance to give us a shot like support us because like even with like um and i don't want to again i don't want to go off too crazy but the whole threads thing you know everybody's <laughs> all crazy about threads yo forget threads support yes. spill Yes, hundred percent. is is founded by black founders that were fired by Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, a, a black team out of Oakland. I think they're doing a phenomenal job with Spill. And I'm like, yo, like social media is distracting anyway. So yeah. I would much rather spill the tea on Spill. Yeah. And support a black founder than go on to Threads and perpetuate yeah. more billions for Mark Zuckerberg. Like who, who cares yeah. about Mark Zuckerberg? 
Yeah. Well, he's got enough yeah. of our money. You're, you're spot on. Side note, um, you know, as an Android user, I'm waiting on spills to come over <laughs> to our side. <laughs> I know it's, it's coming. It's coming. I, I've heard. I've seen the updates with the founder. Yeah. yeah so, sure. but but again, it's 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 that thing in tech. If if yeah. if if he doesn't get all the funding he needs, then he's got to go slow. Build that app. Yep. No. Yep. It, you so know, we need to cut more checks. Yeah, a hundred percent. And. You know, even as as you said that, uh, you know, one thing it may be as you talked about, like we need podcasts like mine. Um, you know, I I'm grateful for you for even kind of for bringing even the news of your NFL um, DNI DEI program um, even to my podcast. Like black media thrives when you know black business. Well, we're able to even share the news of of black stories. So. Absolutely. Um, that goes that goes both ways, brother. Um, and, and I appreciate know. it too because you know, again, like I said, you know, if if I'm if I'm doing my job right, yeah, and I'm trying to take work B and B to the next level, like I've got to shoot for the stars. I've got to shoot yes, for sir. the sky. I've got to I've got to build a brand, and a brand is based on brand awareness. Yep. Brand of well awareness is built brick by brick, where it's like literally like you hear about work and be over here in Chicago, you hear about it over yep. in LA, you hear about it in Vegas, and yep. the NFL is already everywhere. Yeah. So so again, you know, work BNB, NFL, Super Bowl, Las Vegas. Las Vegas is already globally known. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I wanted this as again, part of my revenue plan to say, you know, not only am I making money and making and creating value for my shareholders and my stakeholders, but I'm, I'm also leading the way for black tech founders to yeah. say, you know what, we don't always have to shoot small, yo. We can do yeah. things. We can Absolutely. do things. And the next time you see me, you know, I'll be at Super Bowl and they, you know, I'll be at the game. You'll be watching my Instagram live. <laughs> can't wait. I, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's gonna you, yeah, it's gonna be lit. Um not to yeah, Dodge Do Do Beach wants to meet Beyonce. She's like, just get me in a sweet Beyonce's in. <laughs> I'm like, Phew, let's get it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Like you said, shoot for the stars. <laughs> um, you know, not to not to change the course too much, but um, you also have, you know, I said another super dope announcement. Uh, I noticed your team recently expanded. Uh, Y'all had yes. a, a partial acquisition. I, I'd love to hear a bit about some of that. So, okay, so I was kind of inspired this with the fundraising climate. Okay, uh, fundraising yeah. is extremely hard, and. Yeah. Yo, you can't just wait for people to cut checks. Like, you yeah. literally have to make moves to get people to go, yo, I'm here. I hear about them every week. So yeah. the consistency is crazy. Yeah. But then they do something that is kind of like big boyish. Okay. And yeah. typically, late state companies 
uh, play in the M&A space, uh, mergers and acquisitions. And it's a way for them to grow faster, uh, to expand into new markets, uh, yeah. to acquire um, uh, customers, but also a lot of times acquire teams. And uh, Wava Space was part of a team that was uh, 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 their engineers and, the, and their, their operations the guy, Frank and Valentine, were, um, were with another company at the Tulsa 12 and they, 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 they had a, like a little breakup and, and that happens in teams, you know, yeah, breakups happen. Of course. So on my side, I was always kind of like moving in a way that investors didn't like. And I, I didn't really like care what investors thought until they stopped writing checks. And I was like, oh shit, okay, now I need to care. <laughs> like, you know, they didn't like that I was outsourcing our app development to an outside yeah. firm. And with good yeah. reason, you know, when you go and you have like these big clients testing my product, you know, app development firms kind of take a little bit more time if something goes wrong and right. an app being down for like a week or two weeks is not really acceptable, right? You need right. in-house tech people to lead the charge, maybe even do some of the work themselves. And I yeah. didn't have technical co-founders when we started. Daj and yeah. and I are non-technical founders. So, yeah. so we had always relied on outsourcing, but again, this like, opportunity arose we knew each other from Techstars Tulsa we 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 already had a relationship as friends and yeah. i didn't have any relationship with any engineer like that in reno when we started mm -hmm. um so when you when you bring somebody onto your cap table it's like a marriage okay yeah. and and what you want is a marriage of commitment and what I loved about this, this team is that they're brothers from Nigeria and Nigeria yeah. comes with this work ethic that most Americans are not like on that same level. They, yeah. they are a very focused culture. Uh, they are a very tech driven culture. You see a lot of great tech coming out of Nigeria and- Shout out to former podcast guests um, from the Code Lane episode. Uh, we we had a we had a Nigerian founder on here a few weeks. We had a couple you. Nigerian founders on here actually. Really, <laughs> like, like shout out, and and yeah. and here's the thing, yo, they had a an app back in Virginia. I think it was like ten years ago, called Easy Chops, and yeah. it was Uber Eats before there was Uber Eats. And they were killing it in Virginia. They had drivers delivering food, all kinds of yeah. stuff. Like they built a product. It was kicking ass. And it didn't like take off like how they wanted it to because they they didn't have a marketing person. Right. And um, and again, that's the thing. You can have a great idea, but you got to build a great team. And they said that that was always their issue. They would build products. They built nine products over like the last 10 years. But when you don't have great marketing people to get the adoption of that product, that's yeah. a problem. Well, when I, when I, when I called them up and you're, you're familiar to one of these calls, cause I pitched you an idea too. 
I yeah. called them to pitch them an idea. <laughs> sure. like, hey, are you guys familiar with M&A? And they were like, yeah. And I said, listen, I don't want to pull you away from this idea that you guys are working on right now. It's called Lava Space. Yeah. And, and I said, I love what you guys are doing because it's very similar to my demographic. I, I am getting property owners to put their properties on my platform. You're doing the same thing. You're getting somebody to put an empty office space on your platform and you're renting wow. those office spaces to remote workers. I said, I can help you with the marketing because I'm a marketing wizard. Like That's I eat, breathe, sleep marketing. Yeah. PR. Like campaigns. Like when I campaign, I campaign like I'm running for president. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, yo, I can help you. But the best way for me to help you is that I own a piece of you and you can help me on my issue. Yeah. Which is technical co-founders but i need you on the cap table because again i don't want these investors to be like yo well it's great that you have these tech people in your but they're advising yeah. they're not real employees so i was like we gotta we gotta do something here so so we put both of us put equity up and wow. we voted on it so 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 their company is on our cap table my company's on their cap table and to any investor it's like yo you just bought the team like you have access to yeah. the team now and it's like yeah so it's like yo if you are ever on the fence about writing a check about to work me and me get off the fence we we got that technical yeah. co-founder thing checked off and that's what really happened ever since we put out that announcement last week we had 17 uh emails phone calls from investors saying hey Wow. Congratulations on getting taken care of. That was one of the things holding us back from investing in you. Now, please update your pitch deck and update your deal and update your stuff so that we can go through due diligence and, and go through the process. So over the next 30 to 60 days, yo, I'm looking to close 3.2 million in funding. Crazy. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, come on. It's like I'm I'm doing something in the in the in the PR field called stacking. It's yeah. like we're stacking one announcement up to after another. It's like yes. Technical co-founders, brand ambassadors, new CFO, Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> this, that, another thing, another one. And it's just like, again, it's like pounding it into them to where it's like, yo, this deal is too hot. Like, yeah. we have to get in on this deal. You know, as like as you're talking, so one, I want to go into some of your, your marketing knowledge because, yeah, I, I think that's a huge gap for a lot of people. But yeah. before we even go into there, like, I feel like you're playing chess while a lot of other people are playing checkers. Like, like who like what was i don't even know the question really behind this but maybe it's like you know what who are i don't know who are your mentors you know how did you get to the stage to say hey i'm noticing wava space is perfect for like a, it's like it's a match made in heaven for the two businesses to to be aligned well, um well actually that was just 
that's just my marketing brain because wow, see what, so what marketing, marketing teaches wow. you is it teaches you patterns and behaviors and yeah. personas, right? And yeah. uh, then what, what you really kind of think about is the methods and the tactics to get adoption uh, up, okay, or scale, yeah, yeah. come to scale. So I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the adoption curve, but Google it. Yeah. And it's basically a bell curve where it's like, you know, whenever you you come out with your idea, yeah. Yo, no matter what the idea is, you're gonna have like these early adopters. And the early adopters basically are a type of persona that are addicted to new things. Like it's it's in their DNA where it's just like, you know, they're just like, oh, this new phone came out or this new, I, I don't know if you ever heard a friend, you know, text you, yeah. oh bro, this new music just dropped. Nobody knows about it, you know? And it's just like, yo, like how did yeah. you hear about that? You know, that's yeah. an early adopter. I'm that friend. <laughs> right. They yeah. love that shit. They get off on that. Yeah. And early, but see, the problem with early adopters is that there's so few of them that whatever message you use to get them, the next level of adopter, which is called an early majority, they need a totally different message. Wow. So it's kind of like founders get so frustrated because huh. they go, Oh, I got some traction, but now I don't, it, it just stopped. It's well, it's because you ran out of early adopters. Yeah. Now you need to transition your marketing to like a totally new message. Whatever you use last quarter is not going to uh. work now. So you have to always be in this position of changing and switching gears. So, yeah. and that, and that takes something called AB testing. Yeah. Okay. I have this message. I'm going to write it one way and I'm going to write it in a totally different other way. And I'm going to send it out to an equal amount of people. And I'm going to see who responds to it better. And if you get a higher response to message B, then that's what you need to run for the next six months. Yeah. AB testing. Another thing people okay. don't think about is focus groups. Get 12, 15, 20 random people, different ethnicities, different ages. Yeah. Get them into a space where you at, you're asking them A, B questions. Do you like this color blue? Yes or no? Do you yeah. like, do you like my tagline? Yes or no? Yeah. Do you like the flavor of my new product? Yes or no? Um, I don't know if anybody loves TED Talks, but I'm a TED Talk person. I am too. <laughs> and one of the best TED Talks I've ever listened to about this kind of like thinking around marketing is Malcolm Gladwell talking about spaghetti sauce and how yeah. a scientist transformed the food industry to get people to stop 
thinking about things in one way and start thinking about horizontal segmentation. And, and once you start to think horizontally, now you're experimenting with your messages. So uh, I do that all the time. I'm constantly posting a different way. I'm articulating things in a different way. Uh, I'm not a big fan of chat GBT. I never let that yeah. thing write anything for me. I yeah. always want my messages to be authentically for me. But, but again, it gives me that ability to not sound like a robot. So what I do is I, I let something fly, see if I can, again, acquire a new believer. And yeah. once I got you into my net, into my message, now I'm thinking about how can I convert you to the next thing that I want you to do. I want you to click something, share something, uh, yeah. mention it to somebody. That is true adoption. That you know, first off, I feel like you know you're giving all the gems on marketing. Like, um, <laughs> oh know, man, like, I got like twenty others. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so for the, I'm gonna use like everything you're saying, even on the podcast. Um, so you know, for like the non-marketer, um, and I'd even say like for, for myself, the businesses that I worked on in the, in the past, like I I don't I'd say marketing was that biggest challenge. Um, you know, for, yeah, the non-marketer, what like tips, advice or anything would you give for them to like begin to, you know, build up that marketing skill set? Cause you know, like, like how, basically in other words, how did you learn like how to, how to market well? So I learned from quite a few folks. Uh, there's yeah. this, there's this really great guy out of San Diego, Robert Noble, shout out to Robert Noble. Uh, yeah. he's an architect. Uh, and architects have a really kind of like genius way of thinking about things in the world. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I learned from him is that, you know, he's, he's building, he's, he's architect, you know, doing this thing for the end user. So it's not about him. Mm. And one of the things that that we make the mistake on as founders is that we're always thinking about ourselves like what is this going to what is this decision going to do to me and my brand my image my how are people going to think about me and i'm like that's number one get out of your own way like get out of yeah. the way it's not about you yeah you know it's about the end user so mm -hmm. even like like let's talk about colors for example okay yeah and i'm gonna tell you this right now one of the coolest things that i've seen that that in the podcasting world is what you did with your podcast and your in your early way of like introducing like the 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 guest right yeah you didn't lead that. in with like this impact podcast with this image of you like <laughs> yeah. you you led in with the, the image of the guest but you yeah. went with very vibrant colorful backgrounds okay yeah and that was impactful and it matches the brand of what you're trying yeah. to build that to to make an impact it needs to be visually impactful okay yeah and there's a lot of people that make that mistake where it's like they choose gray neutral colors and they're expecting adoption and it's like yo that just blends in 
Like, yeah. <laughs> look at the color wheel. Look at color psychology. Look at the yeah. psychology of brands and logos. There's a lot of research online where you can look at blues and all the brands that use blue and why they use blue. Why do they use red? Why do they use yellow? Why are these brands these certain colors? And there's like color psychology that they're trying to, to um, you know, again, think of it as like an architect. They're building like this massive brand and right. it has to have a foundation. It has to make you feel a certain way and it wants to be consistent. So, mm -hmm. uh, so again, you know, when I was getting onto your podcast, I was like, yo, he's really <laughs> doing something. And, and I encourage you to keep that up. And, and, and I encourage anybody to, um, whatever you do, be consistent with it because it takes on average five to 14 touches to get the average person to convert. Yeah. What is a touch? A touch is the first time they see you or hear about you. So it's kind of like, again, even if somebody listens to this podcast and they're a great customer for work being me, I'm not expecting yeah. you to convert the moment you hear about it. It may take you six, nine, 10 months, five to 14 touches where you're at a party and somebody mentions yes, work B. You're at uh, on vacation and somebody says work B. Uh, you're at a conference and you see work B. Yeah. It, it really takes that repetition. And unfortunately, because we're in a very capitalist society, uh, yo, it's kill or be killed out here, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like if you have any dream that's worth chasing and you feel like you're going to make it, like you feel it in your bones, you have to fight for those touches every day. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like be a social media wizard or anything yeah. like that. Um, but you do have to be a brand builder and that takes consistency. Wow. I I am inspired. I am encouraged by that. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, okay. My next question is again to kind of maybe go back. I'm loving to it. I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. You got the juice yeah. growing. I feel like the magic is coming out. Yeah. As we talk about um marketing i think another thing you do super well is pitching uh first off i've never seen founder go <laughs> more pitch competitions than events press um and you're like winning competitions left and right like um you know for that founder who is basically trying to get others behind his idea or her idea you know, what like what's kind of your strategy like how do you step into a pitch competition like ready to kill it. As you know, you helped me with my pitch competition. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was yeah. great. But well, yeah. you know, I mean, the main thing is to have fun. If you're not having mm -hmm. fun at what you're doing, then it it's just this drag on your heart and your spirit and your, you know, you 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 become like this monotone machine. And I I actually used to jump on a clubhouse. Because uh, they used to have like these pitch um, rooms, and yeah. I, I I actually remember clearly the first time I heard this 
this guy giving like this stellar pitch, but the, the person who was, you know, uh, on the other end, he said, listen, take a break, take a week off, go skiing, go to the beach. He's like, you're suffering from pitch fatigue. I could tell that you have done this so many times that you're not having fun anymore. And wow. he said, it, it was such a turnoff because I could just hear it in your spirit, in your voice, that you were not excited about this business. Like, mm. and, and the guy really had to admit it. He was like, yeah, man. And he was like, I, you know, I just, he's like, I've done 20 pitches in the last week. And, wow. and, and, and it's not that, you know, you can't experience fatigue from just pitching a lot. But, but again, if you're not really even having any fun, then, yeah. you know, that, that, that's something that, that, that can weigh on you. So uh, now the thing is strategy though, let's talk strategy. Yeah. I come from this place of my own experiences of wanting to put a dollar into something, right? Like a dollar yeah. out of my pocket. What made me want to do that? And one of the, the things that I can just recall as a feeling is that it was something that was memorable. Yeah. Right. It was like, Oh my God, there was something about the experience where it was just like the next day I was still talking about it. Yeah. And then a week later, I'm like, yo, yeah. that thing, that one thing, that was like the thing. And you know, and 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 you know, my I could talk to my mom about it. I could be like, mom, you know, guess what I saw last week? Yo, that was crazy, you know. So, so again, when I thought about the, the, the thing about pitching and going to a pitch coach and just learning about pitching, what I learned from the experts is that B2B companies are the most boring pitches you've ever heard on planet Earth. All the fun is consumer apps, you know, and consumer products. You know, they get to say like, they get to say shit like, you know, this sucks or, you know, this is stupid, you know, and they get to get all dynamic and, and they get everybody. I'm laughing. Agreeing. I'm laughing because I've worked with a million B2B companies from like my day job to some other things. Like, so right. I'm, I'm laughing. You're spot on. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, and when I, when I watched B2B companies pitch, it was always the same. Did you know that 46% of enterprises, da, 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 da. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's your beginning? You know, that's how, like, so, so, uh, so yeah. So when I, when I was like crafting the work B&B pitch, uh, I wanted to take an element of storytelling Mm -hmm. where it was like, yo, Apple Computers is one of the most genius companies to copy, okay? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, uh, they don't 
they don't just come out and tell you we make the best computers on the planet. Yeah. They tell you what they believe. We believe in doing things different. Like, yeah. If you can, if if you can get people to believe what you believe first, then you can get them to engage in the story of why they should care, right? And that's yeah, what we did. We absolutely. said, we said, you know, you know, my name is Ibez. You know, I'm co-founder and CEO of WorkBnB, and I believe traveling workers matter. And then I go into the pitch. And then as soon as I got you into the story, and I really want to make my like uh magic happen, that's where we pull out the confetti cannons and just blow confetti everywhere. <laughs> you know, because it's like I'm like, you know, and, and, and this was like part of the, the fun part was like I wanted to have fun. Yeah. And I wanted to get people to feel like what it's like to discover a new underserved niche that nobody else cares about. And yeah. I'm like, mind blown. <laughs> and so when I did that on stage, the demo day stage, I was like, and the confetti's just flying up everywhere. Everybody <laughs> gasped. Oh my God. Yeah, I got your attention now, bitch. Get off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and people are just like, oh, this is great. You know, and, and I hit him with a problem statement. Traveling workers make up the fabric of American society, you know, and yeah. it's like everybody's nodding and agreeing and, you know, and now I'm just, I'm going through a certain story. Uh, uh, it's a style of storytelling and there's like eight different styles. Mm -hmm. I think the hero's journey is a little played out where it's like, yeah. You know, oh, I had this idea and I went on this journey and then I had to overcome these challenges to get to the end of the story. No, like, I like the mountain. It's like, I'm going to tell you about this hunch that led to another hunch. And as you're climbing this mountain with me, once we get to the peak, now I'm going to take you on a fast bobsled down the mountain. <laughs> I think you and I are are aligned on that. It's, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yo, like when you get to the end of the pitch, you're like, holy shit, what did I just watch? You know? And <laughs> and again, it's that feeling of like the next day. Like I I mean, I get people months later. Yo, your demo day pitch was the best pitch I've ever heard. It's like I can't stop thinking about it. And, 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 and that, that's when I knew it won. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's when I knew we won. We're, we yeah. are winning because you're not like, what's the name of that company again? Yep. Uh, yep. Work something. No, 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 no. People are like, yo, work b and is the shit, bro. Like, yeah. You know, so that's, 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 that's when I knew I did my job. Incredible. Um, okay, so I know I know we're coming up on time, so I have I guess one final question for you. Um, so you can ask me again. I'm I'm good. All right, I'm having fun. <laughs> All right. So um, as you move forward, kind of with the NFL DEI program, um, and yeah, you know, being their their vendor for for the Super Bowl, you know, what what are those next steps? For you you know, what is that like? 
What does that tangibly look like for your team? Uh, how, yeah, basically, how do you guys fulfill that? Yeah, so so really, uh, what that looks like is fulfilling something we have put upon ourselves, and that's the yeah. biggest thing you can do as a team is an expectation of right yourself. You 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 took the shot to take to get into this opportunity. What are you yeah. going to do to seize the moment? And we call that initiative the work and be wow experience. And yeah. what we're trying to do is go above and beyond what all the other options have ever done, have ever pulled off to make sure that these stays are the best quality stays possible. Because again, yeah. when you can land Apple, Google, Nike as clients in such an early stage, then yeah. you get to do something that's called future planning, where it's like, hey, I'm not even waiting for the stay to be over. I want to ask you, what are your next big projects, your next next initiatives mm. where you guys need housing in Austin or here or there? And we can be there for you, right? We wowed you in the very first touch. Yeah. And, and the wow experience is an end-to-end experience. So it goes from, the, again, the first time that we initiate a conversation to the end of checkout. We have an entire expectation set up, how we want it to go, how we are going to measure that, and how we're going to, again, create these little wow moments that add up to this wow experience. So uh, now the thing is, when you create such a wow experience, it does put pressure on it to scale that experience. Okay. And that is going to be a major challenge, but I will give you a tidbit on what we're doing to uh, take that wow experience to the next level. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I will back into this. Uh, Have you ever taken a trip where you arrive to a city uh, and your hotel was wasn't ready or you know checkout was like way late so you're temporarily homeless right yes that sucks right yeah or and vice versa when you go and you check out early but you have a late flight right you're temporarily homeless for a little while okay now imagine again you're a traveling worker and you experience this over and over again in every city that you go to, okay? Yep. Now, the, the white-collar business traveler has the Delta Sky Lounge at an airport, right? They have like right. these really <laughs> cool experiences. Uh, they have lots of travel credits and points that they can use. But sometimes those lounges are not in every city either. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, in our use of funds for our pre-seed raise, we're doing something extraordinary. We're building what we call the Work b Executive Lounge. It's an off-site lounge. Incredible. It's going to pilot here in Las Vegas. Uh, so it's not at the airport. Incredible. Yeah. But it is a lounge for all the Work b travelers to use. Uh, but it's a cross between a co-working space a little gym. Uh, it will have a meeting space. It will have nap pods. 
And yes. it will have a concierge type light service where we will have people check your baggage. You'll be able to shower and change just in case maybe your check-in is later and you need yeah. to run to a meeting, but you're not trying to carry your bags all over the place. Or even if you want to have a guest come and meet you at the lounge, right? But again, yeah. these workers get to use these lounges to have an end-to-end -end experience that's better than the, than the competition. And yeah. this is kind of like what's called creating a moat where the experience is better than anything else out there. So it's yep. kind of like, you're like, why would I ever go back to booking.com or why would I ever go back <laughs> to this or that? Like yeah. I'm, I came to Vegas and they took care of me yeah. and they made my experience. Wow. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, uh, so we're, so we're, we're, we're piloting the first lounge and the goal is to have our first lounge and it'll be a prototype lounge, but it'll be up and running around the time of Super Bowl. So as like the, these executives that are like VP of marketing or, or this yeah. event production staff from Chevrolet, they're coming into Vegas. It's crazy. We work is packed out. They don't want to go into a Starbucks. They want to go to, the work B&B lounge and they want to have their meetings. They want to, you know, rest in the nap pod because, you know, they already checked out of their rental, but their flight's not until nine o'clock. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yo, like they can have the best experience possible. Incredible. And then as we start to expand to other markets, Chicago, Philly, New York, Atlanta, uh, we're going to open up more lounges. And that's going to be part of our go-to-market strategy to get to 50,000 doors. Why are we trying to get to 50,000 doors? Because we have charted our revenue path. And we yeah. only need 50,000 doors to become a unicorn. Okay? 50,000 doors. That's it. So, so our investors are like, well, what are you going to do to get there? This is what we're gonna do. And as we pull that off, yo, you better believe I'm flying you and the wifey out to the opening of the first lounge. But guess, <laughs> guess who also wants to come to, the, to, the, yes, to the opening of the first lounge? Who? Damon John. Oh, incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After we won the, awesome. the, the, the grant from Dave and John last year, he did a follow-up yeah. mentorship call with me about a month and a half ago. And I told him all about wow. the travel lounge. And I told him, I said, I would really like your input on what we need for the lounge to be successful. And you know what he told me? He said, yeah. put a gym in there. He's like, I'm the kind of guy where I travel so much that I want to be active if I'm waiting. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be sitting around. Like, put it, even if there's just a few free weights, like, Yo, give yeah. me like an opportunity to like do something. So, so we added that, that little thing because of him, but he's like, listen, I come to Vegas all the time. Amazing. Let me know when the lounge open, we'll be there for the opening. So I'm like, yo, amazing. Yo, you, let's do this, baby. As like over, like, and I've said this before, but as you speak, like, um, you talked earlier about like shooting for the stock, like you are like the king of like, I'll shoot for the stars and like, I won't miss like, <laughs> 
like no you know you know i mean again like you know it's something that i learned i learned from chevrolet i learned from working with solar city you know bigger companies have bigger budgets to to do bigger things like you know they will put together these huge experiences on these big budgets because it's they're they're looking to make an impact on their users on their customers to be memorable to always create that brand value and you know when you see large legacy companies that are like you know that old yes sir you know it's it's a habit of theirs yeah and as a startup we have to learn how to make new habits and and you know again as a tech company the majority of us stop at the tech product that's where we stop we we go no more that's all the energy i want to put into this and i disagree with that i've been a part of enough things to say you know what there's the app experience and then there's the off app experience and in the travel space there's this gap in between the check-in and the checkout. There's this thing yeah. that can go wrong. There are these mm-hmm. flights that can get delayed or even canceled. And yep. you're homeless. And nobody yeah. likes to be homeless. Yeah. So if there is a brand that says, yo, you're not homeless with us, that's a differentiator. And yep. when you're trying to get new customers to come to you the bigger differentiator gaps you can cover the faster the adoption starts to happen again like i know the curve i know it and all i'm doing is i'm hedging bets and i'm i'm anticipating that my investors that are real work bnb believers are going you know what you're right you're fucking right and you're gonna do it you're gonna do here's the money bro go get it amazing amazing <laughs> um okay so so as we as we wrap up um I, I asked you this but i before in our previous episode but i always leave uh the shows with this final question um you know what what advice do you have for that prospective entrepreneur I, I believe last time you said um you know really be yourself um but even you know since the time we've talked last time to this time um you know, I can even see like your development as an entrepreneur. Like when I tell you your growth is like exponential, like, <laughs> like it's, it's super, it's super exciting to watch. Um, yeah. so, you know, what advice do you have for an entrepreneur? I guess I'm coming from the angle of, um, you know, you know what you're talking about. You, you yeah. have that marketing, you have that business acumen, um, even in conversations that you and I have had, you, you know, you're, you're building that funding, uh, you know, knowledge base like i i what advice do you have for, for entrepreneurs and so uh like you said i don't i don't want to copy what i said in the first thing but uh i will say this for uh this moment in time is really hard for us okay i mm-hmm. i i i talk to lots of black founders they see me as big bro they they reach out to me all the time hey i'm struggling you know um i really want to say is uh 
you're going to have to really embrace being uncomfortable. Embrace it. Ask for help. You know, don't be afraid to put together like a little GoFundMe if you need to, uh, to, to try to make a milestone. Don't be afraid to, to get out of your town or your city to get some traction. Get, up, get, get in the car, go on the road if you need to. I went to, to Florida. I'm about to go to Black Tech Week in Ohio. Uh, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, uh, and the more you embrace the uncomfortability of this journey, the more you're going to appreciate the milestones that you achieve. So uh, just, 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 just get with the uncomfortable. Like it's going to, it's not going to be sexy, you know, um, and, you know, just give it all that you got. Like there's nobody else that's going to care uh, more than you. You have yeah. to you have to really do this thing. You know, even when I tell people about the NFL, yeah, I don't wait for them to tell me they're the biggest NFL fan and they have like all this like I tell them like I just won the lottery. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. nobody else had to fight for it like 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 me. Yeah. Like I had to I had to, I had to go. And yeah. get it, and it was uncomfortable. So, yeah. uh, so when you when you get it, when you do get it, shout to the rooftop, tell everybody you yeah. know uh, that you achieved something, and that you're going after another thing right after that. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. it's ironic you said that. Um, I spoke with an executive not too long ago at a big tech firm, um, and. Um, he was giving me advice on my personal career. And he was like, I basically said, you know, what you said, he was like, the things uh, that are the most uncomfortable are the things that you need to chase after. Um, right. And That's where the growth is. You can't yeah. grow and be comfortable. That's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you have to, you have to really embrace that to grow. And yes. And, and that's what, that's exactly the path that I'm taking. In fact, uh, even related to the NFL, just to, just to kind of give you guys like a little insight on the next step Yeah, is that it's not just the bookings. It's not just the logos on our website. Cause it's going to be cool to have Nike and Google on, on the website as a client. Yeah, It's going to be cool to have the NFL logo that says proud supplier to the NFL. That's cool. Yeah. But the journey isn't over. Uh, uh, at the Super Bowl, and again, this this took research. I, I just yeah. I don't stop researching. I found out that the NFL Players Association is hosting a pitch competition for tech companies, and I'm gonna apply. Like yeah. I know when the, I know when the application date is. I've got it on the calendar. <laughs> I am putting all my, what do you call that? Uh, put it out in the universe energy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be on that stage. Yes, sir. And I'm going to pitch former NFL players and current players work Correct. B&B. 
at the Super Bowl in my own city. And the goal is to be King Tech in Las Vegas. That is the goal. (laughs) Yes, sir. Anybody who thinks of tech in Las Vegas, they're going to be like, yo. Yeah. Nobody's getting it more than work can be. And uh, and again, it's that energy that that you have to like say, you know what? That's uncomfortable to even say it. Yeah. But if you say it, you're putting the wheels in the motion. And and I encourage people to to say what say what you want. Speak it. Speak it into existence. Go after it. Uh, uh, Even again, like the Super Bowl thing. This 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 is like Babe Ruth. Uh, You know, Babe Ruth used to do this thing where he would point at the fence and that's where he said he was going to knock it out the ballpark. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm like NFL, yeah. boom, NFL Players Association, boom, yeah. Formula One, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I'm like, what's next? You yeah. know? So that that's the energy we got to be on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, Yves, as always, this was absolutely incredible. Um, I love this I will, podcast. Uh, yes, hey, I love having you on. Like this conversation still is not done. Um, <laughs> as uh, I'll link everything down below, but um, you know, just so that they can hear, where can everyone get in touch with you, find you if they want to invest in work being be, uh, you know, as you all continue to build your network and partnerships, um, how, how can people find you and, and your company? Oh man, so. Uh, uh, you can find us on LinkedIn, WorkBnB. You can find me on Twitter, WorkBnB CEO. Uh, Dajanique is WorkBnB Prez. Uh, I mean, you'll see a bunch of WorkBnB handles. You can talk to our our, our team members on 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 their WorkBnB handles. Um, uh, Instagram, if you want to follow like the journey, because that's where that's where I, I'm not I'm not posting for likes. I'm posting for the journey. Yeah. So you want to see behind the stage or you know behind the pitch or me at a meeting or who i'm kind of like conversing with at that time you know i post all that content on instagram um now spill i'm super excited about because i'm basically spilling the tea on fundraising so (laughs) so anybody who says no to work bnb i'm posting their rejection notice on spill so you can see who rejected us so that at the time when we become uniform, you can go back and look at the T receipts and go, Google for startups turned you down? Oh yeah, bro, here's the, here's the, here's the tea. So I'm spilling all the fundraising tea on spill. Um, I, that's what I, I dedicated my entire spill account. I'm just going to spill the tea on fundraising. Yeah. If, if, if some investor gives me some crappy, shitty answer, believe me, I will post it on spill. Uh, and, and then, uh, uh, YouTube, um, that's where we're posting a lot of our, our, you know, our, our, uh, our, you know, really great updates. We have a, we have a yeah. series of great updates that are Super Bowl related that are going to be on YouTube. Um, And last but not least, follow us, listen to us on the Impact Podcast, okay? Because uh, I am a forever fan. And, you know, I hope that, you know, I'm kind of like 
the uh, the the guy that that sets the records. Like I can't forget the the comedian like on SNL who's been like on the show for like 20, yeah. 20 times. You get like an award on being yes, on like how many times? But literally, like yeah. I I I love the combo. Like this is yeah. legit stuff. So yeah, again. Thank you for having me on as a guest. It goes both ways, brother. Thank you so much yeah. for, for being on. Uh, well, everyone, thanks again for listening to the Impact Podcast. Um, as always, follow us on all social media handles at Impact Pod. Um, you can find us on YouTube as well at Impact at Impact Pod. And wherever you listen to, to podcasts, search Impact Pod. Um, Yves, this was another incredible episode. Um, can't wait for the next one. You, you're already on track to. I mean, you are you are already the most aired guest on the podcast. So you know, after this episode, we gotta we gotta keep you at the top of that list. Yes, absolutely. Let's get All it. right, cool.